Moonstrike presents Original Fairy Tales. Hi everyone, this is Original Fairy Tales in which I dive deep into times past and together with my worldwide army of gnomes try to dig up where the stories we all know and love came from. My name is Martin and if you have a particular fairy tale you'd like to know more about then why not email us at ebookstripe at gmail.com or use Twitter at ebookstripe. Also, if you have a product, business or website that can benefit from exposure, then why not consider putting up an ad on the podcast? At a fraction of the cost of normal advertising, you will get a long-lasting reach out to the audience every time someone listens to an episode. For more information on this, feel free to email us at ebookstripe at gmail. Now, currently lacking any writers to do a publication synonymous, so please send in your info to ebookstripe at gmail.com and still conclaving with various factions to begin the storytelling episodes, I decided just to throw in another fairy tale to entertain you. The problem with that is that in the last recording I ended with the promise of, well you probably guessed it, Pinocchio. This is not the romantic and funny Disney version with the walking puppet. This is much, much darker. Almost original Snow White or Hansel and Gretel dark. Stories like these are pretty much a drama all the way through, so I think this deserves a... Warning! Warning! Danger, Will Robinson! Danger! Now, the story of Pinocchio is pretty old and nothing is more iconic than the nose which grows when he lies. The Disney version made in the 1940s has taken over so much that I haven't truly been able to find a real origin as the story got mixed with so many others like Jonah and the Whale and the appearance of the Blue Fairy from various Germanic myths. To look for the origins I just had a few clues to go on which were the names in the story. Pinocchio could possibly be a derivative from Pino meaning pine or pine tree and Occhio meaning eye in medieval Tuscan Italian, which makes his name Pine Eye. Geppetto is a common Italian name, meaning Joseph, and Stromboli is also the name of a very old type of Italian sandwich, as well as a volcano island off the coast of Sicily. And so I contacted my gnomes in the Mediterranean, one of which sent me a very odd and old version I feel is most true to its time as well as following the basic rules of reality in which almost all old fairy tales have some sort of footing, if only for the morality or for the storyteller who dreamed it up. There was an old furniture maker named Geppetto, for whom love and relationships never really had worked out. But still, he found as the years got on, he desperately longed for his son to teach his trade to, to carry on the legacy of his name and to take care of him in his old age. Having had several orphans under his care to train, he always sent them back after a while because none of them measured up to the fantasy Geppetto had created through the years of what his own son would be like. But because he was still so lonely at times, in his free time he started making a child-sized marionette in the image of what he would want his son to be, with rosy cheeks and a big happy smile on his face. And because it was never quite perfect, he kept improving on it, until in the end the puppet was so close to lifelike that it actually seemed alive. 
Through all of this, Geppetto make-believed the puppet was real, just not to feel so alone. And so they ate together, they slept together, and he lovely named his creation Pinocchio. In the daytime, when Geppetto was hard at work, Pinocchio sat in a corner of the window of the shop to look out over the street. And he drew quite a crowd as people came to see the puppet who was almost like a real boy, waiting for him to move. One woman was especially infatuated with Pinocchio and asked if he was for sale, but Geppetto refused, saying it would be like selling his own son. One sunny summer day a circus came to town and the owner of the circus, Stromboli, came to the shop to ask the price of the puppet. Again Geppetto refused to sell, but Stromboli was not that easily deterred. The two got in a fierce argument and Stromboli left angrily. Because of the stress of this, and having worked hard in these last few months with extra orders, that night Geppetto had a dream in which he and Pinocchio were having an argument, in which Pinocchio complained that Geppetto never had time to play anymore. As Geppetto tried to explain to Pinocchio, it just made him angry. And just as Pinocchio yelled at him that he was going to join the circus, there was a violent crash and Geppetto woke up to find the shop a mess and Pinocchio gone. Geppetto was heartbroken as the doll had been the only thing he had ever closed into his heart. And after a few days of trying to forget, he found that he couldn't live without him and so he closed up the shop and went after him to get him back. He found the circus easily enough and bought a ticket to get in and sat down to wait if he could find his boy. But when Pinocchio was finally put on to perform as the main act of the show, Geppetto was shocked to find that the puppet was still just smiling along, seemingly just as happy doing the show as he had been at home. Confused, by accident Geppetto knocked over an oil lamp used to light the stage and what followed was a pandemonium as the entire tent went up in flames and people fled everywhere. Old Geppetto was not that fast and got trampled by people trying to get out. And as he lay on the floor, he saw Pinocchio had been left behind, having been dropped, broken, in the burning oil. In desperation, Geppetto made a grab for him, burning his hands badly in the process. He wrapped up the puppet and his hands in his coat to douse the flames and got away just as the tent came crashing down. Back home in his shop, he tended to his terribly burnt hands as he understood he had let his imagination run away with him. As he and the puppet stared at each other for a long time, Geppetto found he was unable to leave the puppet in shambles. He loved it too much for that, and so he started rebuilding the fire-damaged Pinocchio, his once son. But just to remind himself what had happened, he never replaced the face or the body, leaving them scarred, just like his hands would always be scarred, as some lessons were not meant to be forgotten. From then on, ashamed over how he had let his longing and imagination run away with him, he kept Pinocchio in the back room, out of sight, declaring to people who asked where the puppet was that it had been destroyed 
that fire. But with Pinocchio no longer being on display, business started to dwindle again, and so Geppetto started to make other smaller marionettes to put in his shop window. One day, a woman came to the shop, finding him hard at work at making another marionette. She was the woman who had asked to buy Pinocchio before everything had happened, the one Geppetto had refused to sell his own son. She still wanted to buy a marionette from him, and a smaller one would do, but only if he could make it according to her specifications, with a working bell in her right hand. Geppetto begrudgingly accepted, and when the puppet was finally finished, he found he was paid rather well for it, much more than he expected a doll was worth. It was a few days later he got invited to visit a local school, and there he saw his marionette in action as the teacher. The woman from the shop used it to teach children to count and spell by the ringing of the bell. When she told the children Geppetto had made the puppet, the children surrounded him in praise and cheer, and Geppetto was moved by their gratitude and acceptance of him. Then the teacher asked him if he could tell the story of how he made such amazing puppets. And for the first time Geppetto told the story of Pinocchio, a puppet that came to life. But he stopped at the circus tent as he couldn't tell about the pain he still carried deep inside. The teacher, seeing his pain, offered him to come back another day to continue the story, and in the weeks after he returned, having made up wild stories of the adventures of Pinocchio after he escaped the circus of the evil Stromboli, and his own tale to find him again. When a young girl asked if they could see Pinocchio, Geppetto finally relented in bringing Pinocchio from the back room to show at the school and found that the children loved the doll even though he was scarred, just as they loved him having been burnt. Finally being able to cope with all that happened from that day Pinocchio was back in his spot in the corner of the shop window to sit with his newly made friends and now and then Geppetto would sell one as long as the child who got it promised to take extra good care of it. Now, as I said, I have no real reason to believe that this version is any more true than any other out there, as I couldn't find any corroboration of its origin and age. But partially because of the brutal reality of a man losing his mind over his longing, I like this version the best. This is just one of those stories that is told in a hundred different ways simply because it's so pliable for the storyteller to use. There is even a widely accepted original in which quite early Pinocchio purposely kills a cricket and through it learns about mortality. But why he would then still seek to become a real boy and die in the end is beyond me. And the Disney version with Jiminy singing that immortal song which has come under heavy fire if wishing on a star doesn't actually mean just laying back and doing nothing 
while you will get everything you want. The basic mechanics this version revolves around is quite simple. Geppetto, not being able to accept other people, finds acceptance through what he creates. Though his love for his art and his adventure with Pinocchio, he is the one who in the end became a real human. But as a moral of the story it stays pretty vague as I think you can explain it in several ways. It can easily mean don't flaunt what you have or don't let imagination run away with you. Treat others like you would be treated yourself or even if you want something bad enough and are willing to go through fire to get it, in the end it will be yours. They are all decent messages but do they hold up in modern times? I'm not so sure. Some do, some don't. And so in the end it's all about what the storyteller is trying to say and if you agree with it. Did you read a different message? Do you have an old version that goes differently? Then please let me know. Email me at ebookstripe at gmail.com because I'd love to hear it. Next time I'll have quite an unknown campfire horror story for those who love pirates and damsels in distress. But it's not quite the way you think. <laughs>